Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Like to Read with me, your host, Rachel Polanski. Uh, just had some fun antics, Jason knocking over the water, cleaning that up. Um, it's almost four here in Los Angeles, so daylight savings time. The sun is setting in like half an hour, so we gotta get this out. Um, normally, I like to record a little bit earlier, but, you know, uh, for the visual viewers or the visual the people watching on youtube i got my nails done um there could be an impending lockdown there might be one at the time this episode goes up um and so i hadn't got my nails done since july and kind of just like wanted to do that um safe for a mask everyone wore a mask it's a sanitary the salon is a sanitary place anyways um they take extra precautions so all good i feel very happy i also got my toes done uh there might also be some ambient noise in the background uh we have removed the air conditioners just last week um and it's weirdly like a little bit warm here today um this is a weather welcome to the weather um and so i opened the window just a little bit because it's a little warm don't need to like put the acs back in and fans and everything but anyways how we all doing how we all doing um i don't know i was gonna i'm gonna talk (laughs) words um i just you know what's like been keeping you alive and what's been feeling you lately um for me that has been um the past week past couple of weeks it's been rooney the band um but before that and kind of semi recently i've just been really getting back into mcfly um the british band um so both of them are pretty old now i mean they're like in their late 30s but at the time when they released their music they were definitely like in their early 20s mcfly was probably even like teenagers um, and I listened to them when I was a teenager, when I was young and in, like, middle school. And definitely, I mean, they came out as early as, like, 2003. So I didn't listen to them then. Maybe, like, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008. Um, Rooney definitely kind of, like, dropped off for me that I was randomly re-inspired to listen to them a few weeks ago. And then McFly, especially that Just My Luck album, um, is just iconic for me. Um, they are just a boy pop, pop rock band, I guess. Um... And their riffs and their songs and their music just take me, you know, they were kind of like the male Taylor Swift for me, um, McFly especially, and just definitely check out their music if you haven't, if you like a little bit sort of indie, alternative, British, um, their live performances are fantastic as well. They're all really great vocalists and performers, um, and they, I don't think they've even broken up at all. They've maybe pursued like some solo stuff in between. Um, Rooney, I definitely don't think is together anymore. Um, that is actually the frontman singer of the band is Robert Schwartzman, who is Jason Schwartzman's Jason Schwartzman's brother. Um, he also his band he ugh, you can tell we're we're uh, a little bit off to, didn't have coffee today and it's just like it's been it's been a weird not a weird day it's just like kind of been all over the place. Um, Michael or Robert Schwartzman um, he was in the Princess Diaries um, as her her love interest in like the first one maybe the sec i can't remember if he's in the second one um but he's like lily her friend's brother um and so rooney and then they had their probably most popular song is i'm waiting waiting for nothing you're leaving leaving me hanging when did your heart go missing don't play a copyright on this dun, dun, dun. when did your heart go missing um which was i think like my ringtone for a little bit a few of the songs from that album definitely were my ringtones um and i've been taking to hiking um a couple times a week since the pandemic has started um i usually like to go with some friends because that's um a place i feel comfortable seeing them outside masks on um but there if if a friend cancels or can't go and i feel like going i mean it's literally like six minutes away from us um 
So I've really been enjoying taking a break from podcasting, uh, from podcasting, from listening to podcasts, which is what I'm usually listening to on my phone when I'm driving or just kind of out in a place that I need my phone. Um, But I've been really enjoying listening to McFly and Rooney and also No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom. Those have kind of been like my three hiking jams um and also i since wearing a mask no one can see me mouthing the words and it's also like i still know most of these words you know 10 more than 10 13 14 years later which is like pretty cool um but this has been your music review and i guess speaking of music this isn't the one i was planning on specifically talking about first but i make up the order and you know no one can (laughs) tell me otherwise so the first book that we're going to talk about is All I Ever Wanted, a rock and roll memoir by Kathy Valentine. So Kathy Valentine is the former bassist from the band The Go-Go's. The Go-Go's, of course, is a band that I'm familiar with. Um, They're actually the first and only all-female rock group to make the Billboard, like, top 10 charts or to make a number one single chart, something monumental and um, of importance. Um, And so I knew their music. I thought it was fun. Didn't really know too much about the band until that documentary on Showtime came out. Maybe it was HBO, something like that, Um, over the summer about the Go-Go's and about the women in the band and the story behind the band. And, you know, they have this sort of pop girl group image, um, which Valentine especially found it hard to come to terms with. Um, So she starts with her childhood. She grew up in Austin, um, but her mother's from England, so they kind of went back and forth there a little bit. Um, And then she moved to Los Angeles at a very young age, always knew she wanted to be a rock star, uh, which I always think is great. Um, (laughs) For her, too, I mean, the music was obviously important, but she also kind of knew that a band was going to be the way to bring her to fame um, and the way that she just has this chance meeting with Charlotte from the Go-Go's and how she meets them. Um, And the Go-Go's, of course, is a big chunk of this memoir, but, um, you know, they only had success for five or six, not very long before, actually, the band broke up and they have gotten back together and... um, Broken, breaking up a few times. I mean, Belinda Carlisle had her own um, solo career, and the other Kathy had her own band. Um, and she's also dealing with alcoholism and drug addiction um, throughout her twenties. And so her journey into sobriety. I mean, she is addicted to alcohol and cocaine. Um, Charlotte from the Go Go's was addicted to heroin, and that and has a different story, um, but a similar sort of recovery journey. That sort of being on the road and the chaos and the performing just got to be too much. And they both kind of found sobriety around the same time, which is beautiful. Um, but I think Kathy Valentine is just a really strong, cool woman who I really didn't know anything about. I mean, you know the Go-Go's, you know probably Belinda Carlisle, but like I didn't know the other members of the band. And that's definitely a shame because they're all super talented women. Um, but Valentine especially is a very talented musician. I mean, not that the other ones aren't, but she came into it with a foundation of growing up, having played instruments, literally like taught herself bass because that was what they needed. Um, All the other women are, I mean, they all write songs, too. Um, And then, of course, you know, when you have four women, or one, two, three, no, five, (laughs) five women in a band, uh, which makes it even more messy, just that intense female energy where there was a lot of disagreements about money, um, just the energy that you have when you are all female, when you don't have other men or really other people, you know, when you're so young, too, and just figuring out yourself and you have this instant success and all this you know, you become, you grow up so fast and you get thrown into this wild and crazy scene so fast. So of course, um, music fans are just kind of like fans of Los Angeles in the seventies and eighties. There's a bunch of fun anecdotes about parties and people that she met, but without it ever really being too show-offy, like she's very humble and grounded in 
recognizing that, of course, most launches to fame or stardom experiences are just a combination of luck and circumstance as well as talent. And she's really lucky to have all three. Um, music has ebbed and flowed throughout her life, but always been a part of it. Um, and she's very, she's just a wonderful writer as well. Um, maybe because she's a songwriter and just kind of has a way with words. Um, but I definitely recommend checking it out. I mean, it reads almost like fiction. I mean, if it, you, it's her true story and I'm sure some things were embellished and recalled from memory differently, but it's what being a rock and roll star in the first female all the first all girls rock group to really make it big and how to deal with that and live your life like that. Um, so that one is really, I mean, the documentary stuck with me for a long time um, and sort of just kind of reshaped how I thought about that band and these women. Um, and this definitely, I just like Kathy, like I want her to like be my cool aunt. Like I feel like I would love to just get so much out of her. And she is not the name most typically associated with the Go-Go's. It's usually Belinda Carlisle um, or Charlotte, but you know, why, why is that? And she goes into it in this book. Um, and let's bring Kathy Valentine, like, back into the spotlight and bring her back where she deserves if she wants it. If she wants it, Kathy, if you're listening. <laughs> so, um, I'm actually realizing as I'm doing these books, I, only one of them is a fiction book. The rest are nonfiction or memoir. That's totally fine. That's just what we got. Um, the next one, though, is a fiction book. It is called White Ivy by Susie Yang. Um, so this is, like, a sort of true crime but no, it's not true crime. It's it's inspired by true crime stuff, but it's it's like a crime coming of age. Um, definitely, there's some Patricia Highsmith references in it. There's definitely um, an immigrant experience. So Ivy is a young girl who um, was actually born in America, but moves to China at a young age with her family, then moves back to America, ingratiates herself into this like waspy family. So there's a lot. I mean. There's some crime elements tied with um, her best friend from childhood, whose name is Rue, which is also a type of sauce that you can make by, like, thickening flour and butter, and I think just, like, a really fun name. Um, but Rue, spelled R-O-U-X, um, comes back into her life. She is, um, actually, we meet Ivy when she is dating um, her soon-to-be fiancé, Gideon. Um, Gideon was instrumental in her life from a young age, um, sort of the kind of boy and family that she wanted to emulate. Um, so... It's, I, you know, she has feelings and she's not a psychopath by any means, but she also is very strategic and calculated about how she's gotten to the position she has so far, about how she balances her Chineseness and her authentic heritage with this, like, waspy whiteness that she's tried so hard to cultivate and be a part of. Um, and, of course, you know, any book that takes place in Boston, I'm a little bit more partial to, either Boston or L.A. or Vermont, than my three homes that I've lived in, but especially Boston is my hometown. Always great to see um, landmarks that I rec um, recognize. Um, so if you're into some sort of like family um, cross-country drama stuff with some coming of age and identity crisis and crime to boot and sort of a meditation on fitting in and how far you'll go to do that without fully losing yourself, um, check this one out. And next is probably really flattering angle. Um, we have The Sprawl by Jason Diamond. Um, so The Sprawl is a sociocultural, um, heavy on the cultural, though, with, I mean, there's a lot of research put into this book, but it's uh, The Sprawl by Jason Diamond, which explores the suburbs and sort of how they came to be. And there's a lot written on that. So he touches on that, but also sort of for him, you know, the importance, why, what do suburbs mean to him? He grew up 
outside of Chicago um, in like the Lake Forest area. He his previous book actually is uh, something about John Hughes, was it? Um, learning to love John Hughes or uh, searching for John Hughes. Um, so that was like all about John Hughes movies and his childhood and growing up um, in relation to that. And that was fascinating. Um, this one is definitely more a larger macrocosm look at people of his age. Um, so people in their mid thirties sort of, and you know, that this distinction between the city and the hustle and bustle and the twenties and the sort of quietness of the suburbs, but also the the sameness of the suburbs. He ruminates on a lot, like what sets apart suburbs. Um, and it's just sort of like, you know, there's a bunch of analysis in it, but it reads sort of as like, a, here's, you know, there's definitely like some personal experiences. They're just more like essays that explore a variety of like here's why we underlook the suburbs so much. Like we talk a lot about the country and the rural areas. We talk a lot about the cities, but we don't talk about this foundational in-between area that really is home to where a lot of people grow up and where a lot of people will then continue to live their lives um, once they've gotten that city part out of them. Um, But also like the resentment that comes with it and the emptiness, I think, um, which I feel a lot too. And a lot of, um, he talks a lot about sort of, you know, the feelings of going back home to a suburb for a short period of time when you are living in a city and where you're at and where you at in your life. Um, and it's also, it's pretty short. I think it's like 200 something pages, definitely under 250. So if you're into um, a look into the suburbs, if you're wondering, you know, if you are home for the holidays or if you're home um, during the pandemic and you're getting that sort of weird, restless emptiness, um, know that you're not alone. Know that Jason Diamond has put a lot of thought into exploring why. Um, and this book, you know, doesn't answer all the questions, but it definitely will resonate with a lot of people. And next we have People You Follow, a memoir by Haley Jean Penner. Um, so Haley Jean Penner is a young woman who is a songwriter. Um, she already has, I believe, at least one or two albums out. Um, there's an album that coincides actually with this memoir, which I think is really cool. Um, so the memoir is about her journey um, growing up and the different men, um, people you follow. You know, it's the people you follow on Instagram, but also the people you follow in, or, or Twitter or whatever and live, ch choose to surround herself with and literally follow around. Um, so there's a few influential men in her life that she kind of flip-flops around. It's not necessarily in any sort of time order, um, but certain chapters and essays in the book correspond to a specific song on the album, which I've also listened to and I think is a really great sort of like folksy indie singer-songwriter, clearly passionate. I think also getting to read this memoir before I listened to the music um, because I hadn't heard of her. I had the, I actually didn't even know she was a singer-songwriter until I started reading the memoir and I was like, oh, very cool. Um, and it's just about her also like creative process and journey to get to how she was and the different experiences she's had when actually um, she does create her own music and write it from the very beginning. And so all the sort of more um, nuts and bolts that go into it, combined with also being a young, vulnerable woman in a, um, in a new city, moving from a smaller town in Canada to Los Angeles. Um, so she's very, she's, she's self-deprecating, um, but also real. Um, I think Lena Dunham blurbed the cover which like would probably draw a lot of people i'm honestly like really like turned off by lena dunham lately and the sort of just like the 
the anti-manic pixie dream girl, but also sort of like indie girl. I mean, I'm not anti. Girls is a great show and she's done some cool things. But I think that if I, – I don't think she, she seems very – Haley Jean, I mean, could I could be very wrong, but it seems that there's a lot of differences in their behaviors. And if Lena Dunham or anything about girls annoys you, don't let that turn you off because Haley Jean Penner is very different. She's a much more Jemima type character and everyone knows that Jemima is the best character in girls. So there is that. <laughs> that was like it's only been a few years but man that show was something to talk about a roller coaster ride and last but not least we have unspeakable acts true tales of crime murder deceit and obsession by sarah weinman um so i guess we just have a few sort of collections of essays in this one this in this episode this one in particular um sarah weinman has an essay of herself in it but it, um it's also just a collection of the things, um, of these unspeakable acts. So some are about murder, some are about cons, um, some essays featured in the, um, the book one, the first opening one is the essay about Gypsy Rose Blanchard and her mom, Dee Dee, um, which inspired the Hulu series, The Act. And so, um, BuzzFeed News, I think, broke the story. And so this is the original, like, BuzzFeed News article. And I definitely remember reading it when it came out, because obviously, I mean, that story was freaking crazy and it was everywhere, but it was really great to sort of revisit it after learning so much about true crime and I think um the Dee Dee Rose uh the Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee Blanchard story kind of launched a little bit on the cusp um right when I was getting into true crime um and so I didn't so much pay attention to the nuances and depth of the writing that actually in the research that went into the piece that sort of sparked the whole story um and it's really well written and great so even if you think you know the whole story even if you think you know everything um it's just a really it's cool to look back and see um now that we kind of know a little bit more of the pieces as well and if you don't i'm not i'm avoiding any spoilers in case you don't know um and if you don't look up gypsy rose blanche uh gypsy Ro- <laughs> oh yeah it's hard uh dd Dee blanchard and gypsy rose and you'll see um and then there's just like some other um books uh, or essays in it that are about um like texas journalism and they just it's it shows that true crime is more than just murder that there's a lot more victims and people involved in these crimes um some of them are unspeakable but it's kind of ironic you know they're unspeakable but we're still bringing them to the page and we're still talking about them and we're still thinking about them um so murderinos true crime fans those who want to delve into learning um about more cases but from a much more human story journalistic perspective instead of like sensationalized id show which like i love too but like a different different vibe um so that's it um we're all over the place we always are (laughs) but i hope you choose one of these reads I hope you um, are staying as safe and trying to enjoy some time with family while responsi- being responsible. Um, and until next time, stay reading. Bye.